Well, hello world, and welcome to Confluence, the lifestyle where confidence meets influence. I'm your host, Charlie Marcole, and I'm so glad you joined in today. We will talk about so many exciting things, so stay tuned. I'm so happy you're here. What's up, Confluencers? Welcome back to episode number 10. Number 10, like that is a big deal. Let me tell you that doing a podcast is a huge undertaking. You know, at first you think, okay, this is going to be easy. This is going to be, you know, a piece of cake, a walk in the park. But it's not to put together content that people want to listen to on their drive-in while they're working out, to get guests to come and speak, to make sure your schedules align. This is more than a notion, but I wouldn't change it for the world. So welcome back to episode number 10. Happy November. We have so much to be thankful for. 2018 has been filled with some dark but bright spots for all of us. And guess what? We are still standing. Some of the problems that we complain about are good problems to have, y'all. We complain about our children until we meet a woman who can't bear any children of our own. We complain about our significant other until we meet a lady or husband that is widowed that will do anything to get their soulmate back again. Or better yet, we gripe about frivolous things that people around the world are suffering over major things. Occasionally, venting frustration creates relief. But regularly complaining about frustrations creates more frustrations. Chew on that a bit. So count it all joy. Walk a mile in the shoes that you bought. You picked those Louis Vuittons. So walk a mile in that shoe. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome aboard the Confluence train. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Because I promise it's getting better. I am fresh off the plane. I thoroughly enjoyed Miami this past weekend. I stayed in a mansion on Star Island. Danced until my feet were sore and sailed the high seas. All in the name of 40. Yes, 1970, great. That's the year that I was born and that's the year that most of my friends were brought into this world. Then on Monday, I landed to celebrate my sunshine's 14th birthday. I still remember the day that he was born. I tell him that story all the time. I relive that day. That's one of the most significant days in my life. It changed me for a better person. It actually gave me direction because believe it or not, before I was an author, an influencer, a confluencer, a woman with confidence, I was aiming for nothing. I was a college graduate with no goals. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I always say God gave me my son to save my life. So I had to come back and support Sunshine's birthday. And I'm all partied out. But guess what? I ain't that pooped. 
because I'm getting ready for my 40th celebration, a masterpiece reveal. The website went live this week to get those RSVPs in and the anxiety is starting to take over me. But I am excited about this. At first, I was nervous about turning 40. But let me tell you, I am looking forward to this new era in my life. This is a milestone of glory. My heart still feels the same excitement as it did when I was 14 years old. My mind is filled with wisdom, but of 40 years of life lessons. I have lived a well-balanced life mixed with planning, spontaneity, seriousness, and silliness. I am very silly. I'm very, very silly. And I got to keep it real. I get it. As I reflect back, I am learning that you can take it or leave it when it comes to me. I am in a place where I'm no longer looking for validation or wanting people's approval because I know what I bring to the table. See, when I was in my early 20s, hell, when I was in my 30s, I didn't know the worth that I possessed. But now I know what I bring to the table and I'm starting to adopt this. I don't give a damn attitude and I think it's kind of sexy, y'all. But as we know, all things work for the good. They work together. Everything, the evil, the ugly, the not of God, the deceptive, the deceitful, all of that turned out to be a great lesson and allowed me to grow my roots deeper into the soil. I always say the shit that you handed me fertilized the soil around me. Hmm. And so out of all the lessons that I had the fortunate and misunderstandings of learning. My favorite one of them all is love. Love is worth every lesson. And this year I decided to give love a try. I've been divorced for six years and I've dated off and on, but I kind of refuse to be vulnerable. I built a fortress around my heart. I was a walking oxymoron. I wanted real authentic love, but I didn't want to let anybody in. I didn't want to let anybody into that close space that I kept guarded, real guarded. Crazy, huh? Here's my secret. Remember, I just said five minutes ago, I didn't think I was worthy until he knocked on my door unexpectedly. I made a promise to myself that I deserve someone to love me in the purest way possible. I promise I wasn't looking when it came down, but it swept me off my feet to the point it's unbelievable. But now looking back prior to that, this incident, I wasn't ready. And that takes some deep reflection and standing in the mirror saying, you know what? Hey, I need to get me together. I was holding on to a failed marriage, brokenness, childhood hurt, teenage hurt, amongst other things. With counseling and reflection and a whole lot of prayers, 
I let what was bothering me go. I did not want my new love to suffer or pay for what old relationships had done to me. Everything, everything prepared me for this moment. The good, the bad, and the indifferent. I look at things differently. I look at love in a different lens. More abstract than concrete. Because love can be seen in a wide variety of thoughts, words, actions, and attitudes. So, I think about Corinthians 13. The greatest of these is love. The other lesson that I've learned as I sit back, as I embark uh, embark on this new journey of 40, is that God speaks to us constantly. We just have to learn how to listen, how to listen to that gentle voice in the wind, how to listen to that gut instinct, how to listen to that first mind. My mom used to always say, the first mind is the right mind. And when we learn to listen in the stillness, he reveals everything about your situation and what he's trying to do. And I am learning how to trust the process and not rush the process. I am queen, honey. I need a crown on rushing because we want things to happen right now at this moment. But I'm learning how to trust what this space that he have us in. He has us in this space. Or so let me speak for myself. He has me in a particular space. Because I am supposed to keep learning this lesson. So I can continue to be prepared and get ready for the major task at hand. And so I want you to think about that and reflect for a moment. When it's not working out exactly how you thought it would be. Remember that God sees way down the line and he's preparing you for your future. So don't fret. Don't sweat. Let him be in control. And you just sit back and enjoy the ride. Yesterday, I exercised my right to vote. I had to. One It is my God-given right, and two, it is a generational obligation for me. You see, I vote in honor of my great-grandparents, Maggie and Almond Johnson, who were sharecroppers in the deep woods of East Texas. You see, the 15th Amendment granted African-American men the right to vote, but when it was time for them to exercise their rights, they found loopholes that denied their access, including a literacy test as a prerequisite to vote. Now, if you know the history of this country, you know that many of them could not. So by the time when President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Voting Rights Act in 1965, they were dead and gone. And that act outlawed the discriminatory practices that were adopted in southern states, including the great state of Texas. And so I vote because I don't want my ancestors' work to go in vain. I may not agree with every candidate on the ballot 
or every view or every thought. But I do not want my voice to go silent. I vote so my voice can be heard. I want to keep the hope alive and I want to keep the legacy alive. For those that fought a good fight to make sure that you and I have the opportunity to vote in peace. They were confluencers before I even created a Confluence the Lifestyle podcast. So that's why I vote. I hope you did too. It's Wild Meat Wednesday. It's Wild Meat Wednesday, where I focus on confident women doing influential things in our community. I am completely wild on this Wednesday. Yes, I am. We made history this election season. James Brown said it's a man's world, but it wouldn't be nothing without a woman or a girl. And guess what? Mr. Brown was correct. Johanna Hayes is now the first black woman to be elected to Congress from Connecticut. And if that wasn't enough, Miss Ayanna Presley is the first black woman to be elected to Congress from Massachusetts. And honey, this one took the cake because Ilhan Omar was the first Somalian America to be elected to Congress. I am thankful for them. I appreciate any and every woman that goes after her dreams and see it through. Way to go, women of confluence. You are doing confident things in your community. Thank you for being trailblazers and leading the way. Congratulations. The world is watching. It's that time of year again for alumni all across the world to converge and fall on the campus in which they matriculated in. It is homecoming for my love, the University of Houston. And that's when we come back and we set it out and turn up. And I am so looking forward to it because I missed my second college where I received my master's from homecoming. And, you know, for some people, they're like, I'm not into that. Well, I am. And people won't make me feel bad about being into what I'm into because everybody's into something. And for me, it is like where you come back and you connect. I love to connect and plug in with people and see what people are up to these days. Because like I say all the time, life is real. And sometimes you just need a moment to step away. And I'm looking forward to seeing old friends and meeting new people as well as networking. I mean, you don't realize how much networking you could do at your college homecoming. Because now people are where they are going. We are no longer in Melcher Hall taking a marketing class. We are now sitting in offices, buildings, making decisions, signing checks. And so I'm excited about it. The weather is supposed to be piss poor, but I'm going to push through. Okay? 
because I am ready to get out there, do a strut, show some school pride, cheer on a team, sign up for new alumni events, and create new memories. My Facebook feed is so live on my personal page. Of all my old friends that, you know, we used to go to the library and exchange notes, but I know that homecoming can be detrimental. And so I'm keeping my notes up in the air and staying on the up and up because homecoming can make you fall. And I'm standing tall this year because I've been delivered. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for deliverance, honey. No old loves or flings can come back this way. It didn't work out the first time and it damn sure ain't going to work out the second. And then when we tried it again, like right after college, it didn't work out either. So I am here for it all. But most importantly, I'm just ready to see and connect with old friends. Can we talk about something for a minute? This week, I received a text message that had entitlement written all over it with an extra shake of expectations with a little bit of saltiness that I was not willing to meet. The quickest way to get under my skin is by giving me orders. That perplexes my spirit and rocks me to my core. People need to learn that soft answers turns away wrath. Frank Underwood once said, you are entitled to nothing. People want to be your friend because they want to be your friend. They don't have to. And that is not something that automatically happens. The good book tells us that a person that has friends must show thyself to be friendly, not entitled. Friendship is a true reflection of your character. Therefore, it should add value to your life and not confusion and conflict. And let me say this. It's hard to be friends with a bossy person when you were born a boss. Hey, Yes, yes, women of confluence. We are born this way. I have coined the term the high maintenance acquaintance because being their friend is actually stressful. It's a really high maintenance friendship. Usually these people have standards and expectations so high that it's hard to meet them. Do you know anybody like that in your crew? The sad thing is, If you turn and demand those same expectations, they will fall short every time. And why is it we never turn their expectations back on them? Beware. The high maintenance acquaintance can be deceiving as if they want the best for you. But honestly, their opinion and their views are very distorted. Very How do you know you have one in your crew? Well, let me break this down for you. The high maintenance acquaintance acts like she has the Burger King syndrome. Loves to have things their way. They love to outshine, compete, and be the center of attention. 
that borderline narcissistic attitude comes from a place that is failing in their life, but it's hard for them to control. So they have to control something. But here's the thing. You can't control your friends. As adults, we can't control. We only have influence. Come on, confluence. Only have influence. Number two, they do things out of obligation and not out of love. The compassions, they fail. Compassions are supposed to fail not. It is an afterthought and never in the forefront of their mind. Things happen. Stuff comes up. People change. Your attitudes change. God forbid if you have made plans and something comes up. There will be no compassion there. Compassion is needed in order for a friendship to prosper. Number three, their advice reigns supreme. The high maintenance acquaintance believes that they are only knowledgeable in every facet of their life. But when you turn around and look at their glass house, honey, they shouldn't be giving advice. They need to be sitting down somewhere and learning to take advice. My grandmother used to say, advice is easy to give and hard to take. But I don't have to listen to everything that my friend tells me to do. At this age, we should be seeking counsel from a higher power and not of a friend about things that are tedious. Because I don't want to hear it again. And the high maintenance acquaintance has a way of making you hear it again. So just just, just watch out. It's hard for them to adapt to change. Oh, Lord. Sudden change of plans, like I said. New friends to the crew. Um, different place that you want to go. They'll tell you, I'm not going to that. It automatically leads to disputes and disruption. Because they got to have it their way. Remember the Burger King syndrome that I talked about. So the high maintenance acquaintance tends to be a bit of a control freak. Last, but certainly not least, the high maintenance acquaintance can be very judgmental. People need to learn the difference between criticism and critique. One is done with love. And the other one is laced in malice. Encouragement is the key to a great friendship at this age. The good book tells us, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So if you have some high maintenance people in your crew, like we all do, here's some good advice and tips to remember, especially in the season of Thanksgiving. Because we are thankful for them. But sometimes our time may be up. But here's the thing. Choose to see the good in people. They may have some good qualities that they possess. So learn to see the good in them. And meet them where they are. Know that you are in control of your own destiny. Your own energy. And your own 
thoughts. If the answer is no, don't say maybe. Remember this also. Soft answers turns away wrath. When you see them coming with their fangs out, don't meet them at that place. Continue to be soft. It changes their attitude. At the end of the day, we love our friends. But if you really have this entitlement, I can't keep you around for you to drain my spirit. I can round my age to the next perfect number. And I just can't go in the next decade. Everyone I talk to says 40 is great. And I refuse to go into this decade with friendship of that magnitude. My life is enriched and my friendships should be as well. So I'm just giving you a thought to ponder. What do you do with a high maintenance acquaintance? Do you keep them around or do you let them sell on? Weigh in. I really want to know. These aha moments that I'm having have been so real to me, but refreshing. Well, that's it for me today. Thank you for tuning in. Please follow me on social media at Charlie Marcole. And if you're listening, hashtag Confluence Me. Well, that's it, my friends. Thank you for tuning in to Confluence, the lifestyle where confidence meets influence. I am your host, Charlie Marcole, and I've enjoyed having you here with me. Until we meet again, remember, when you are strong enough and confident enough to speak the truth, you gain respect and influence. Smooches.